To Red State Talk Radio.
You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is August 13th, uh, 2019, and it is a pretty weird day, I have to say. Don't you all agree? The narrative is odd. People are speaking about things that really don't matter, yet there is so much going on. Um, yesterday, there were videos going around of how federal agents are now storming the island, yet, you know, we already know that there were people there already with cement bags and dirt, uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago. Now, that could be just because they were still renovating because they assumed that somehow Jeffrey Epstein would make it out of prison or, uh, you know, his... Um what would you say, his successors would use it? I don't know how you want to put that. So, uh, you know, we have so much going on. Aside from the Epstein situation, we have crazy things going on. Remember yesterday, I told you guys that, you know, I'm not going to comment on this Hong Kong thing because from what I know is Chinese troops were on their way and I was right. I hate that though because, see, a lot of people are talking with half information. So, um... The Hong Kong situation is a lot more complicated than what is presented, aside from the fact that it's never okay to have such atrocious force against unarmed persons. Um, and the actual politics or what is really going on behind all these protesters, it seems as if the protesters are protesting for half-baked knowledge as to why they're protesting. It's like the idiots we see on the left. I'm not saying that they're idiots for protesting, don't get me wrong, okay? But... There is a lot more to it. So I am just going to state that. And just like I said yesterday, we'll talk about that later on in the week. Um, you know, I have a lot of information coming in from my Chinese sources that I have to validate with Taiwanese and my sources in Macau and obviously see how they correspond with those in the United States, of course. So Having said that again, not an excuse for them to do what they're doing, but we don't know the whole story. Now, aside from what's going on in the Far East on that, we've got India, Pakistan. No one's talking about that. We've got Iran. No one's talking about that. We've got you know so much going on in Congress. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, you know what shocked me yesterday is that there are people in Congress, okay, that are now being questioned by the FBI, okay? And so Cuomo is supposedly on vacation, but my sources say he's taking time to be questioned, too. So I'm like, all of this is going on and no one's talking about it. It's as if it's not there. Now, before we get into like the nitty gritty, I want to play um, 
a clip that all of us have probably seen how CNN called, you know, calling someone, you know, uh, what is it? Um, Fredo is, uh, you know, a hate crime and an ethnic slur or something, right? Take a listen to the video that's ethnically charged. Yes, bitches from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much- Fredo is from the Godfather. He was a weak brother. Isn't that your And they use it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? Are you Italian? It's a fucking insult to your people. It's an insult to your fucking people. It's like the N-word for us. Is that a cool fucking thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, but if you want to play, then we'll fucking play. If you've got something you want to say about what I do on television, then say it. But I'm going to call me a fucking insult. Hey, man, hey, listen. What? I don't want any problems. Yeah, you're going to have a big fucking problem. What's the problem? Darn, before we continue this profanity-laced speech by, you know, Cuomo, first of all, let's say, uh, his cojones look bigger than his head right now, right? Second, uh, Cuomo, you are a disgrace to Italians. And Fredo, by the way, just so everybody knows, right? So dumb. So Fredo, by the way, is the name of a coffee. So what is Fredo? Actually, it's an Italian version of a cold cappuccino, just so you know. And Fredo is my favorite type of coffee whenever I'm in Europe. And unfortunately, they don't have it here. I mean, Starbucks tries to do it, but they don't really do it. Have you ever seen how they're, you know, pushing this iced cappuccino with foam? That's basically what a Fredo is. It's in like a triangular glass. So it's like, it, like literally, it's like a cone glass uh, that that's how they serve it. They put, um, you know, the shots of espresso uh, in there. They add the milk and then they put foam on the top. That's what Fredo is. I'm just letting you know. It just means cold coffee. So Cuomo is retarded saying that it's a slur. Um, actually, the slur that he's referring to for Italians is Guido, which is like, you know, or what's the word? W asterisk asterisk G-E-R that's another one in New York so being a New Yorker myself and having a lot of Italian friends Cuomo's dumb Cuomo is uninformed and he's just like really butthurt right now so you know he's aggressive he looks like you know his pants don't fit his cojones the way he's talking and you know nobody cares that you work for CNN (laughs) Because CNN is fake news. So let's just continue listening to this uh, crazy speech. It's a little different on TV. Don't fucking insult me like that. I didn't insult you. You call me Fredo. It's like I call you punk bitch. You like that? You want that to be your nickname? I didn't call you that. You called me Fredo. You know my name's not fucking Fredo. I thought your name was. You did not think my name was fucking Fredo. Don't be a liar. You want to be a man? Stand up like a man. I'm standing up, man. You want to be a man out here? Then fucking own it. Then own what you said. Hey. Then own what you said. Listen, man. I have a problem with you, man. You're going to have a fucking problem. What? What are you going to do about it? I'll fucking ruin your shit. I'll fucking throw you down these stairs like a fucking Punk. Please do. Why? So you can fucking sue? So you can fucking sue? Well, why don't you do it? Yeah, take a swing. You want to call me Fredo? Take a fucking swing. Take a fucking swing. Watch your fucking hands. Watch your fucking hands. Take a swing. No, no, come on, boy. Guys, this is just way too funny. I really want to play it, but I know a lot of you are in cars. Some of you are taxi drivers and your people are probably listening to this argument thinking what's going on. So I'll just stop it there. It's just hilarious. He got triggered by the word Fredo, okay, which is my favorite coffee. I love Fredo. And then CNN went to call it, oh, it's so horrible. You know, he was instigating for a fight. It's like, what are you? Uh, Typical liberal, don't have an argument. You know, it's kind of like, wait, um, let me, let me, okay. So there was this conversation that I had with someone, uh, that, that's, that I actually, um, 
that's working for me. Um, but obviously they didn't know they were working for me. I think, I, I don't know. People think that, you know, <laughs> I can't fill the shoes that I do. Uh, you know, that I don't look like the type or maybe it's because I'm too relaxed. I don't know. But it was just a little while ago. And um, I said, you know, well, it's typical that, you know, you would put that phrase when you translate it rather than this phrase. Uh, and, you know, and, and I get it because it's like a cultural thing, but we need it like this. And so they were trying, they were like, are you calling me an immigrant? Um, but you are, but I'm saying that your cultural approach to translating is not appropriate for this thing. Are you saying that immigrants can't translate? I'm just like, okay. So she doesn't know she's talking to her boss. Okay. And super triggered. And I'm just going to be like, okay, let's change the topic. I'm going to assign this to that person now. And you're not doing that anymore. You can do the subtitles of the pictures. That was basically how I addressed it. Here is Cuomo kind of the same way. So what if the guy said, yo, Fredo, you know, because that's, <laughs> and I don't know why they use the word Fredo. It's like, it's super funny. Um, <laughs> it's the best Italian coffee though you'll get. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. And Scott Adams, if you're listening when you're up there in Amsterdam, do me a favor and order a Fredo. They actually, uh, you know, I'm going to text them that actually, uh, to, 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 to order a Fredo. So everybody knows what it looks like. So <laughs> bottom line is this guy is a joke. Uh, CNN is a joke saying that it's a racial slur or ethnic something, something, whatever they wanted to call it. But let's take a look at how Anna Navarro calls um, Don Jr. Uh, you know, how he said that, you know, the border wall was like a zoo fence and how he's an entitled, rich, spoiled little brat whose only call to fame is being his daddy's son. Actually, he's actually very successful, very smart. And daddy kept Fredo back home. <laughs> Take Look, a listen. First of all, uh, zoos maybe have fences to protect the animals from people like Donald Trump Jr. who like to shoot them. But, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. and whatever he says, can I, can I just file my nails? I mean, this is an entitled, rich, spoiled little brat whose only call to fame is being his daddy's son, who hasn't built anything of his own, who hasn't done anything of his own, who is somehow trying to hang on to the fame of his father in order to have some level of relevancy. Steve is right. He didn't even make the cut that his brother-in-law and sister did to be part of the uh, Oval Office and the White House staff. Uh, Daddy kept Fredo back home. So who cares what Donald Trump Jr. says? Who cares what Donald Trump Jr. says? He's just daddy's son. Well, Cuomo went to Yale, probably didn't attend any classes, and it was just faux show because he was a Cuomo. And Ann Navarro, oh my gosh, I have to screenshot this. When I pause that video, her face looks hilarious, and I am loving this. I'm just going to put that there. So, you know, um, so her calling President Trump Fredo, uh, President Trump's son Fredo was okay. Um, not a racial slur, according to CNN. But now it is because Cuomo wanted to beat someone up because he said it. So this is the, the, the discussion that we're all having right now.
Everyone is talking about this. Everyone is talking about how, you know, Cuomo, you know, was in, uh, you know, was upset that he was called Fredo. And um, <laughs> this is what is trending, really. It, it, it's not trending about how we're having issues in Iran. It's not trending how Hong Kong has suspended their flights for a fifth day. That's a big deal. Hong Kong is like a business you know, a nerve center, uh, you know, how uh, the foreign minister of Iran says that our presence <laughs> in the Gulf threatens things. You know, these aren't being talked about or, you know, more about this Epstein thing. I thought I'd play a little bit of uh, Fox News this morning where they're talking about, um, you know, the raid and what's going on and what they know um, has been happening. Take a listen. Now raid his private island. So good morning, everybody. A lot to get to on this. I'm Bill Hemmer in New York. Morning, good morning Sandra. to you, Bill. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sandra Smith. We're learning new details on the timeline of that day. We're learning that one of the guards was a substitute. The other was reportedly not even a corrections officer. The New York Post now reporting Epstein used bed sheets to hang himself and was. Okay, hold on. So cameras were not working. He was put off suicide watch by the chief psychologist. Both the guards that were supposed to watch him were not normal guards. One was a substitute. Like, what do you mean substitute? Like, you know, a temp, like from a temp agency, like Kelly, um, you know, workforce. Like, what are we talking about? And then the other guy wasn't even a correctional guard. Or maybe he was learning or he was kind of just a slot in. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. So we've got chief psychologist gets him off. Camera's not working, okay? Uh, and both the guards aren't really the guards that were supposed to be there. Huh? Okay, so more questions, okay? And now the New York Times supposedly has sources that tell him that he used blankets, which I call BS on because if he had, you know, actually hung himself in the stretcher, he would have worn a different neck brace. This is coming from my personal knowledge and any other, I mean, <laughs> any other nurse out there, any other EMT, you know, uh, you know, paramedics, my, my doctors that are listening to this show, come on, man. We, they put the stabilizer for intubation around his neck, not an actual neck brace to stabilize if he broke his neck because he hung himself from where? from the concrete ceiling did they also give him screws with hooks you know to put on there like how did he do this by himself he choked himself right just like they said he choked himself with his own hands right because that's super easy to do right guys because when the life is being uh, flowing outside of you, right, and you're choking yourself, your hands just keep pushing on. No, 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 they don't. Your limbs go limp first as you gasp for air. So such rubbish. Take a listen was left unattended for hours. Meanwhile, FBI agents now searching his U.S. Virgin Islands home as the U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr vows to find answers on Epstein's death. I was appalled, and indeed the whole department was, and frankly, angry, to learn of the MCC's failure to adequately secure this prisoner. We are now learning of serious irregularities at this facility that are deeply concerning and demand a thorough investigation. The FBI and the Office of Inspector General 
are doing just that. We will get to the bottom of what happened, and there will be accountability. In moments, we will be speaking with Rudy Giuliani in studio. But we begin first with Brian Yenis this morning on the new details. Brian. Sandra, good morning. Jeffrey Epstein hanged himself with a bedsheet wrapped around his neck and tied to the top of a bunk bed in his jail cell. That, according to the New York Post, Epstein apparently kneeled toward the floor and strangled himself with that sheet. He was found unresponsive in his jail cell at the Metropolitan Correctional Center at about 6.30 in the morning Saturday. The question now is how was a high-profile inmate like Epstein able to do this at a facility known for its extraordinarily tight security? Fox News has learned of some irregularities. Epstein did not wait have a, a minute, cellmate. Wait a minute. Let's, let's replay that for a second. Hold on a second. Uh, let's replay what he said happened. Take a listen. Wait. Are doing just that. We will get to the bottom of what happened, and there will be accountability. In moments, we will be speaking with Rudy Giuliani in studio. But we begin first with Brian Yenis this morning on the new details. Brian. Sandra, good morning. Jeffrey Epstein hanged himself with a bedsheet wrapped around his neck and tied to the top of a bunk bed in his jail cell. That, according to the New York Post, Epstein apparently... Okay, tied to a bunk bed. So, wait a minute. His cell was a concrete bed... But he had a bunk bed now. So he was in what? Gen Pop? So he was moved from his suicide watch cell to a bunk. Because, you know, if he was on a bunk and he wanted to kill himself, even in tissue paper, he could have just fallen head first off the bunk to the concrete floor. So mm, I'm not buying that. Are you guys buying it? Mm, seems really uh, weird. But let's listen to Rudy Giuliani who before any news came out, tweeted something out, then deleted it, that said everything you needed to know. He kneeled toward the floor and strangled himself with that sheet. He was found unresponsive in his jail cell at the Metropolitan Correctional Center at about 6.30 in the morning Saturday. The question now is how was a high-profile inmate like Epstein able to do this at a facility known for its extraordinarily tight security? Fox News has learned of some irregularities. Epstein did not have a cellmate that night leading up to his death, which is unusual considering he was just taken off suicide watch. But according to Jack Donson, a federal prison consultant, it's very rare for an inmate to be on suicide watch for more than a week, and Epstein's status as a high-profile sexual offender kept him in the MCC's more isolated special housing unit, which may have contributed to the circumstances around his death. The average person is placed in the general population after a, a suicide watch. The chief, the clinical psychologist, chief psychologist in consultation with the warden determines he's no longer a risk. So they say, okay, back to population. There's activities, programs, more access to mental health professionals, case managers, counselors, and that's the optimal situation. We also know Epstein was not checked on in the several hours leading up to his death, which is a violation of MCC's normal operations calling for checks every 30 minutes. The union representing two of the guards responsible for watching Epstein's unit tells Fox News the guards were overworked. One had worked 80 hours that week and the other had volunteered to help out because the MCC has been short staffed for years. The Hold on. So let's just let's just um, uh uh, you know, savor this for a second. So they're telling us that Jeffrey Epstein, uh, 
who is a high profile, right, prisoner, was thrown into general population. El Chapo's not a gen pop, but Epstein is. And we all know that the majority of pedophiles in regular prisons, in regular jails, in regular anything, average Joes that are known to be pedos, what happens to them? Yeah, the majority of them get their tushies kicked and the majority of them probably get killed too because even criminals have some moral code. Even murderers and crazy psychopaths that rip faces off people still have moral codes. So, I don't see how Jeffrey Epstein made it to Gen Pop and not only went to Gen Pop, but suddenly didn't have a roommate. You know, that same roommate he supposedly had, even though he's a high profile prisoner, he had a roommate, not by himself, like El Chapo. You know, he had a roommate that may or may not have tried to choke him, but he just didn't have a roommate for that evening. Oh, wow. This is getting stranger and stranger, isn't it? The New York Times reports that one of the guards was not even a correctional officer. On Monday, FBI agents arrived on Epstein's private island in the U.S. Virgin Islands to search his private mansion, a sign that prosecutors are still investigating co-conspirators linked to Epstein's alleged underage sex trafficking network, which may include his former girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell, described by Epstein's accusers as being Epstein's madam and arranging sex with underage girls. After Epstein Epstein's death, lawyers for his accusers are now asking a federal judge to dismiss Epstein's non-prosecution agreement, including parts that offered immunity to his co-conspirators. Sandra. Brian, thank you. I want to bring in Rudy Giuliani now, President Trump's attorney, spent years federal prosecutor in Manhattan before becoming the mayor of this great city. And nice to see you and good morning. How are you? The Metropolitan Correctional Center, known as the MCC, Lower Manhattan, you know it well. <laughs> I saw, it, I I saw it being built. You saw it being built. <laughs> yeah. Sure, would, it's connected to the U.S. Explain, attorney's office. How would you explain it to viewers? <laughs> how would you describe Up, oh, clue number one. It's connected to the U.S. attorney's office. What have we said about the U.S. attorney's office, guys? I'm just putting it out there. What did we say? Oh, yeah, that's right. James Comey's daughter, Marine Comey, works for them. I just thought that would be a fun fact. So the U.S. attorney's office is connected to it. And yeah, okay. What else is he going to tell us? Private. Well, it's a, what's, what's happening on a Saturday night inside this jail? So it's a jail rather than a prison. So p- people don't know the distinction between it. A jail is a place you hold people when they're awaiting trial. A prison is where you put them when they finally get sentenced. Those are more permanent places. Frankly, they're easier to handle, prisons. Jails are harder because they're very transient. Po- population in, out every day. However, uh, there's absolutely no excuse for this. What happened here to me is mind-boggling. It's impossible to happen. It's a relatively small facility. This isn't Rikers Island, which is you know, 15,000 people in virtually a city with many, many different buildings. On, on its own island. Yeah, one building. Uh, almost everything is within uh, view, if you want it to be, of the guards. I, I, this argument over whether he was on suicide watch or not is like silly, because if he wasn't on suicide watch, he should have been on watch. The guy was a high-risk prisoner, wasn't he? I mean, he, he's a guy that there are probably 50 very important people that have a motive to kill him. We don't even know who they are. I'm not alleging that any of the people... Wait a minute. That was a very specific number, 50 high-profile people. I mean, off the top of my head, I can name about 10. Wow. So who are the other 40? Right? 50. Very specific. Aimed. It's true. But we know there are some people 
that are in a lot of trouble because of Epstein. They know who they are. So there are people who have, there's a tremendous, there's tremendous motive to kill him. It's almost like an Number Ag- two, Christie whether novel, they want to kill him or not, sense. prisoners don't like him. <laughs> he's, a, he's alleged to be maybe, you know, the most notorious child predator of our generation. Prisoners are strange. Huh. Looks like uh, Rudy Giuliani and I see eye to eye on this, right? Prisoners do not take kindly to child predators. Perverts they don't like. Mm-hmm. Pervert just to kill a pervert. Second, he's a possible rat also. There's a lot of talk about him testifying. I believe you have to do that. That's good for the government. They do it. So you got three strong reasons why this man may be done in. He might commit suicide. He apparently attempted it. Or he was attacked. That threat still remained even after a third one is maybe a prison prisoner on his own is just going to take him out like, like they did with Whitey Bulger. Okay, so the fact that he said a third prisoner on his own may have taken him out like Whitey Bulger, okay, that is what is key here. And we'll pick this up after the break. Uh, But just to introduce that, so let's take the hypotheses that we identified a plot to kill him and intercepted. I'm just saying. Maybe we found a prisoner that we've found is almost out and cut them a deal. Hey, you take the fall for this and we'll make you disappear after that because you're done with your term for whatever you did or we're not even going to try you. It's, you know, kind of BS that you're sitting in here at MCC. You take the hit for this. We put you on trial for it and then we give you money, a new ID and you go to a country that can't extradite you and we send you off just to take the fall that you supposedly took out Jeff Epstein because you just don't like perverts. And, and watch it happen the way I tell you because uh, this is going to be really, really interesting. Uh, again, I've said we need to listen to our leaders to understand exactly what is going on. I'll see you all in just a bit after this break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
plus it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So where were we? We were at the point where a third uh, scapegoat answer will come, aside from the fact that we had a dodgy chief psychologist take him off suicide watch, which is normal according to them. Aside from the fact that we put him in general population, so that would mean he'd have a roommate and a bunk bed to make the story stick about him hanging himself with sheets, but no roommate was present. Aside from the fact that both uh, the correctional officers that were there were not really correctional officers. One was attempt and the other one volunteered even though he wasn't really a correctional officer. Super weird. Uh, so one would have to think you know, that was a really cool statement. Thank you, Rudy. Because like I said criminals have a moral code too. Perverts are not something they do. And I could tell you that let's pretend you were in jail or I was in jail, anyone, and being held there for trial for something dumb, like maybe a joint or or arson, right? Um, That they say you committed arson, but then, you know, in court, they're like, oh, he didn't do it. It was the neighbor or whatever. And say the feds are like, look, this guy's not really a criminal. Maybe he flipped out. Maybe he beat this guy up because he was having sex with his wife. Let's have him attack Epstein, supposedly, while we either take him out or, you know, um, yeah, while we take him out and smuggle Epstein out and he takes the fall for killing Epstein and we take him to a public trial. The guy is put through whatever. And then once the trial is over, we supposedly move him to this prison and he disappears somewhere i don't know like costa rica argentina whatever venezuela who knows wherever with a ton of money a new identity and a new lease on life so that could be the case i mean i'm i'm all for that again another thing is is that the deep state took him out and you know and we let it happen but you know for me it's like no i don't think so i think 
personally. If we can keep the president safe, we can keep this clown safe. Because our president's been talking about this clown since 2015 when he started running for president. So there is no way we can keep President Trump safe and we can't keep him safe. Now, considering that, you know, maybe we allowed them to think their plan was going. You know, maybe we allowed it so that way we can see who's involved. I mean, like he said, the U.S. Attorney's Office is connected to the MCC. Take a listen to what else Rudy says. I do not understand how anyone can explain not having him under 24 in the camera constantly. So that leads to all the speculation that we all are upset about. Is there a camera? But we created the vacuum for that crazy speculation. Is there a camera? Of course. It wasn't working. The camera wasn't working. There's a camera in every part of a prison. Uh, Every single telephone call in and out of prison is listened to. But in the Reagan administration, and then I worked with it for 15 years as an assistant U.S. attorney, the U.S. attorney, the federal prison system is the best in the world. When Norman Carlson ran it, he was the head of it all the time I was there. It was the model. Uh, it's hard for me to believe this could possibly happen. How about this then, Mayor, on screen? This is what we believe to be the case here. Not placed on suicide watch, not checked for several hours, no cellmate at time of death. One guard was a substitute. Guards working maximum overtime shifts that way. The last two uh, are no excuse. Whether he's a substitute or not, he has, he has eyes. Uh, Epstein was not a tough guy to contain. I mean, if you saw him taking a sheet, anybody of reasonable build or courage could take him down, you know, and he could call for help right away. So whether he was a substitute or not, who cares? That's silly. They were overworked. Okay, but this is the prime target prisoner in that prison. Name the one that's more in more jeopardy than this guy. And okay, we don't have great sympathy for him because he's a sexual predator, allegedly. But the guy would have been a treasure trove of very important valuable information about the truth or the falsity and I happen to believe there's both in these stories that are coming out there are people that are probably named that did it and there are people that are probably named that are being horribly defamed only he knows it. and I, he's the kind of guy where you, you probably couldn't let him out of jail or maybe you could give him a little light at the end of the tunnel but my, maybe you could have appealed to his making it right by telling the tr- by telling the truth Who knows? You, make, you make sure he lives uh- but my, maybe you could have appealed to his making it right by telling the, tr- by telling the truth. Who knows? You, make, you make sure he lives. Uh, July 23rd was the incident where he was found in his cell. He either tried to harm himself, or as you point out, perhaps the, the cellmate was uh, in it to harm him. This he, was, he was taken off suicide watch a week later, so that's August 1st. He's found dead in his cell on August 10th. I, I, do, I don't, also don't understand. I never heard of the policy you're only on suicide watch for a week. Okay, so let's just put this straight, okay? Because we need to listen to what Rudy Giuliani says. Unfathomable how it happened there, okay? We don't know what happened. But now what Fox is inferring is that he's been off suicide watch from August 1st. So he waited 10 days to commit suicide. And that's based on his cellmate that tried to kill him, allegedly, or he tried to choke himself, which doesn't happen. You're on suicide watch for as long as you have the conditions that indicate you might commit suicide. The conditions uh, yesterday or the day before were no different on the day that he attempted suicide, meaning he was in prison. He was looking at a life in prison. He was looking at going from this prison to probably even. Okay, here's where I'm going to say something, just something that no one said. If he was off suicide watch, right, a week later, there would be documentation of such when. Well, we know 
There is there are rumors that Attorney General Barr was there earlier this last week, right? A couple of days before he committed suicide. Also, we know that on a daily basis, his attorneys would visit him. Yes or no? Yes, right? Because he didn't want to stay in a prison cell. So having your attorney come every day means that you go and hang out for a couple of hours with a sandwich and a drink in a room where you're talking with your attorneys and you don't have to stay in your cell. So having said that, there's documentation that says if he's on suicide watch or not. So why are we questioning this? Because no one's releasing any information. Yet for some reason, the corrupt, fake, failing New York Times tell us that he hung himself with sheets. Hmm. And it's, <laughs> it's really interesting. Even more. Uh- oh, wait. And another thing. Jeffrey Epstein is pretty tall. He's not short. So if I were to hang myself from a bunk, it would be possible if my feet were mm, tied around my waist, like, you know, around my knees, because... Again, when your body spasms, okay, when your body spasms, it will extend. That is natural reaction of the body. You can't say, well, when you're dying, body, I'm going to tell you how to react. No, natural, 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 natural. When you hang, your extremities extend. Fingers, toes, legs, and arms like a starfish. So if he did hang himself and everyone says, well, he took the knee, uh, you know, first of all, it would be very close up to the top where he hung himself, right? First. Second, you would have to assume that in some way his knees were locked onto his body because they couldn't extend to save himself. And couldn't extend to save himself on the lower bunks, you know, ladder portions too. (laughs) I mean, come on, think about it. The only way, and we have to look at everything, if he wanted to really hang himself is that he was laying on the bed, tied the sheet around his neck, if he had the sheets, right? And he was on the top bunk and, you know, kind of did an alley-oop yoga move to flip over on the side, which would snap his neck. Considering his neck was snapped, right? (laughs) Considering his neck was snapped, then his face would not be red. So, and it would not be blue or purple. So, because it was snapped. So, ergo, there's no pooling there the lividity that we saw in the picture of the supposed Epstein body uh, being (laughs) ventilated um, is incredible. But then on the other hand, people are like, they found him laying on his back. So then you're just like, see, the body naturally fights for its life even if you don't want to, right? So even if you want to kill yourself, okay? Even if you hang yourself because you want to die and you're like hanging, your body will still fight innately, your body's instincts will kick in to try to save yourself. Even if you poison yourself, what does your body do? It throws up so it saves itself. So anything anybody says in regards to him killing himself by hanging is complete and utter BS. The only scenario I see is that he did that, you know, where he's laying on his back and then he flips his leg over his head, you know, in like this super yoga maneuver to flip over completely with great speed so his neck could crack with great speed and accuracy so that his neck could crack. Um, That's the only way that it would happen. And if it would happen so, then his face would not be the color it was and his arms would not be 
pale yellow like you saw in the picture, they would have been, um, you know, you would have seen the gravitation uh, pool, the blood uh, at the arms and the extremities. It wouldn't be pooling on the back and the face. So lots of questions that don't make sense, can't be answered. You know, and here we have scenarios of what if someone killed him, which would make absolute sense. Rigid conditions of confinement. Tough guy to go to a prison, right? You send this guy into a prison population, they're going to, you know, you know what's going to happen to him, right? So what is he going to do? Either going to get a terrible death in prison or he's going to be locked up in solitary confinement for the rest of his life. But with that condition go- remained right. on the day that they took off the suicide watch. Are they crazy? With regard I mean, to you got to su- be nuts. With suicide watch is a conversation. I have a conversation with you. I want to gauge your mental state. That's what they are charged with doing inside this jail. So they, they, they clearly had conversations with him and his lawyers, likely, over a period of 10 days and said it's okay to go ahead and take you off One watch. Week, 10 days? I understand suicide watch the sheets you were given are made of paper is that true that is true yes okay and he hung himself with a bed sheet right never so should have had bed sheets but, was but we can go room. we can go beyond that his room should have been guarded because there was every possibility some prisoner that got loose would get in there and stab him kill him choke him make it look like he was hung the the desire to kill him in that prison was very high. He was the guy they most wanted to kill in that prison. Of all the prisoners there, he's the guy, one of those prisoners would love to kill just to have that on his creds. And probably nobody would turn him in if he did it. So he would feel a certain sense of protection. You got to understand a prison. Of course they understand it. The people running that understand it. It, it would be very hard for me to understand the explanation. Again, he tells you the scenario of how another person may have killed him, may have then taken their sheets to wrap around his neck, or if indeed he was in general population, wrap the sheets around his neck. But then that would, you know, be a little bit questionable because how did the inmate get into his room and out? I mean, that would mean that there's a guard involved because there's cameras in the hallways. So who was involved and who orchestrated it? Big questions right here. I mean, yeah, he is a target for people in the general population, especially for people that would like to say, well, you know, I killed all these people in a drive-by, but at least I took out this pervert. You know, in them, it's considered brownie points for heaven as to why this man wasn't watched 24 hours a day. Three more questions quickly. Could it be simple negligence? Yes, it could be simple negligence. Do you believe that Epstein killed Epstein? I don't know. I think I have to step back and say I don't know what to believe. I think the Attorney General gives me great confidence that there's going to be one heck of an investigation. That guy is tough as nails. And uh, that's that's the saving grace here, because this has to come all out. Whatever it is, all the facts have to come out. Otherwise, these conspiracy theories are going to run wild. And you were cautious on that yesterday. I am. I'm you, very cautious. You made a public statement on Twitter. You said, let's hold your fire and let's wait for the facts. Well, I think it's ridiculous to start speculating that this person had a motive and that person had a motive. and that People, everybody has motives. That doesn't mean they would participate in the killing. That's ridiculous to try to extrapolate like that. The fact is, the man was found in his cell. It now looks like. Something was put around his neck, either by him or someone else, and he was hung. Now we've got to take the next step. There are three possibilities, right? He hung himself. A prisoner, just for that. What happens in prison killed him because he's the kind of guy they kill in prison. Or number three, somebody from the outside organized this. And the guards either did it negligently or 
We could have we we could have when a umbrella situation. When do you believe we get that? Those answers. When is that? Uh, probably going to take a couple of weeks. It's not. It's a couple not, it, weeks. It's a tough investigation, but a short one. There is. It's nothing like the other investigation he's conducting of of interference in the election, which has many pieces to it. One plus. So basically what he's saying is, is that this investigation will take a while uh, to uh, advance itself in regards to results. So um, it'll be interesting how this pans out, even though it should be a short investigation and things should be transparent. uh, We need to see how transparent and forward they're going to be for us. Now, here is where the good stuff comes from, Giuliani. Place, small real estate. A lot of big no, questions. Only a few players. Abe Rellis was the guy that, was, that jumped out of the window of the, I think it was the Blue Moon Hotel in Staten Island the night before he was going to testify against Al Anastasia. And the two police officers weren't watching. And then there was a headline that said, the canary can sing, but he can't fly. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor. The canary can sing, but he can't fly. Just sit with that for a second. That is interesting. We'll just a little history. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Now I let's listen to what they Sarah say. Now let's listen to what they say about the raid um, at Epstein's Island. I am uh, g- trying to fast forward uh, to those sections of to that section of the news um, as it. I, okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. I was distracted. I'm getting a lot of DMs. Yes. The canary can sing, but it cannot fly. Very interesting uh, statement by Rudy Giuliani. And again, when do uh, just leave it? Let's just leave it at that. Now let's shift gears. Okay. From the island. So a lot of people are asking, well, he's been arrested for a while. Why are they now? raiding the island why are they now um going through all properties of his and i mentioned it in my uh lauralumer.us article where i wrote up questions about epstein and uh put down uh portions of my interview with a few um an employee of the mcc and two hospital employees uh it's pretty clear we have Uh, an executive order that was signed in 2017. That executive order allows us to block, freeze, and take hold of every single bank account and property someone found to have committed crimes against children, horrific crimes, child trafficking, et cetera, et cetera. And we have control of it regardless if the estate is due to be handed over to someone else like Chislaine or anybody else. Okay, or Les Wexner, right? Okay, we're going to talk about that. So the, the, the thing is, is people are like, well, why are we going out? Why don't we go last month? Because he was still alive. And he had lawyers that were blocking any questions, blocking our ability to um, get into things. Now, the release of the Epstein documents implicating the governor of New Mexico allowed us to crack open outside of the, you know, outside of the stymieing from the lawyers of, uh, that Epstein had to get onto his New Mexico ranch. Because, see, they were working together with the New Mexican, uh, you know, government. So, of course, you're going to work with the New Mexican government because the governor's a pervert. 
The governor was responsible for assailing. He is <laughs> children, gross sexual imposition of children, participated in child and human sex trafficking. This is disgusting. So now that he's dead, and I'm using air quotes because... I believe that a canary indeed sings but cannot fly. And so canaries, uh, you know, that are dead can't sing. So if you have this canary dead, you then don't have to deal with his attorneys. You deal directly with the executive order. The person is dead. Ergo, your debates or, you know, fronting us information is no longer applicable. We take full control. Now, there's an account on YouTube that I'll tweet out during the break uh, that uh, has their own drone that went in there where it shows that they're like spying on the FBI, tons of agents in one room of the mansion. And once they spot the drone, they're like covering it up and stuff, you know, tons of them. So this is important for us to understand because there is camera footage. Uh, you know, obviously we know everyone that has access to the island, those be uh, regular Virgin Island residents, you know, people coming from whichever island to come and, you know, landscape because you can see that it's been mowed, it's been taken care of, lots of excavations, you know. So, Everyone is going to be detained. Every single person that, you know, worked there, did anything there, not only detained, but, you know, since there are extradition orders with um, the Caribbean nations as well, we'll check their bank accounts, uh, you know, going through uh, the St. James Island, you'll be able to um, pull out information and data from systems that may not have found themselves in contact with bleach bit or hammers and therefore uh, pretty much determine the bank accounts that were being used offshore by Jeffrey Epstein. Reason I mention this is because, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, uh, Epstein's lawyers have lawyered up with criminal lawyers. Yes, they have. And the reason, not so much in the stymieing or trying to protect their client uh, from, you know, the FBI um, entering other properties or taking hold of things, but because while he was arrested and while he was in our detention center, okay, uh, they needed to appreciate that they were not allowed to move any monies from any accounts linked to Jeffrey Epstein, but they did. Not only that, here's how stupid it goes. Les Wexner made an announcement to his board in July, at the end of July, saying, oh, it was just brought to my attention that Jeffrey Epstein may have misappropriated our money. Mm-hmm, sure. This is how people try to remove themselves from what's happening. Misappropriate, he stated that. Why? Because the government already knew that the money that Epstein had was stashed with these big, 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 deep pockets. You know, Les Wexner, where in his mansion in Ohio, his own security detail held hostage a woman and her two younger brothers, right, that were being used by Epstein and Ms. Maxwell. Les Wexner, who knew nothing about it, of course not. Yeah, but then he's the one that is trying to pimp out, you know, tweenies in, uh, you know, sexy underwear that says, you know, eat me. Like, why would an 11-year-old need to wear underwear that says eat me? Seriously. 
So here's where the issue is. Money was being moved around. I tell you, man, you know what's going to be hilarious? I swear it's going to be super hilarious. Because Epstein worked with the Clintons on the Enron thing, right? And they and he set up the company and he made sure that the monies could be transferred. What if, now hear this out, what if some of that money was finding itself back to the DNC or the Clinton Foundation? I'm just saying that's going to be interesting. So that's going to be very interesting. And from what I hear, there is a very strong possibility that something like that happened. But what we need to see is that his attorneys were the ones breaking the law by funneling money offshore to accounts that were not Epstein's and not documenting it because they were taking the money from offshore accounts that Epstein has that we had not determined exist yet. This is why they have criminal attorneys. It's not because they were working with, you know, officials um, in New Mexico to block agents and, um, uh, this administration to probe uh, areas in regards to the ranch. It has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with the fact that they were blocking their ability to enter St. James Island. It's nothing to do with that. Nothing. So the question is, what was it? What was the problem? The problem is the money. Because the money will tell you who else is implicated. I wrote an article, and it's on the ToriSays.com page, where the Clinton Foundation received money from the Sultan of Brunei that everyone was talking about. You know, oh, he gave her a necklace. Oh, gave him millions of dollars. Yeah, he gave him millions of dollars. And it was not because they're friends. It's because he hooked him up with Epstein for girls for his harem because he likes little girls and so do his guys. So that is what happened. And that is where I talked about something that just came out, but I talked about it weeks ago, which is his Epstein's jet was landing in naval bases. And I described how it had landed in a naval base in Japan who got on it, including generals, right? Mm-hmm to go down to the Sultan of Brunei. You know, the place that just said, if you're homosexual, you have five years to get out and that kind of expired. So if you're gay, you kind of die there. That one. That um, super radical Muslim uh, nation of Brunei. So it begs to question here. The money will not only implicate the politicians and foreign dignitaries that are involved, but in addition... It will allow us to recognize the ones that are sitting in Congress right now and in the House right now that were involved. Embarrassing? Yes. But it's necessary. We should know who represents us, right? Speaking of representation, what happens if you're a legislator of a state and you ask your congressman or congresswoman to investigate something and they're like, yeah, do it yourself? That's what we're going to be talking about right after this break. I'll see you all in a few.
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, Unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori, always here Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, unless I'm on vacation or unless, you know, I'm held up for whatever other reason. So, uh, we were talking about um, Cuomo and his, how his cojones were like super inflated. And, you know, he was acting like your typical meathead, you know, that's too old to talk like that and too old to act like that. Um, and who kind of thinks he's important. And he was very, very offended with the term Fredo. And I said, you know, I don't find it derogatory. I don't see how it's a big deal. You know, if you're going to be making the reference to the Godfather, that's one thing. But still, uh, I, I don't see how it's derogatory. Obligatory, you know, especially when you've called yourself that yourself years ago. Take a listen. Boy, see, I've dubbed it La Cuomo Nostra, uh, that there is a there is a group of people, of politicos, who always hint that they might run but don't necessarily plunge all the way, and they are members of La Cuomo Nostra. <laughs> so who am I then, Fredo? Yes, Exactly. So you better be careful that they that your brother Andrew doesn't kiss you on both cheeks and then all of a sudden they take you out into the middle of the lake and then, where's Chris? He kisses me plenty, but because he's a great big brother. I think that in fairness uh, to Andrew and really anybody who comes from a family of service, I think you got to judge everybody individually. Oh, dear. Was Cuomo himself calling himself the Fredo character? I'm just saying. Um, hmm. Seems like between 2010, when he had this interview on the radio with um, Curtis Silwa, and, uh, you know, nine years later, 2019, he's been kind of rubbed in a way of social justice warrior, my feelings are hurt meathead probably upset that no one recognized him because if you heard him in the video you know who i am i'm a cnn anchor like you know who i am i just don't really care (laughs) i don't watch cnn so that just tells you (laughs) where he's at so this fake outrage is taking over our news cycle and it shouldn't it's hilarious so we should talk about it but it's taking over our news cycle uh so thank you scott adams for sharing that with me i've also asked scott adams to get himself a fredo coffee uh while in amsterdam while he sends me pictures of places that i used to dwell and i used to love going to you know i actually really liked living in europe you guys because it was like 50 bucks round trip from london to go wherever i wanted so on the weekend on friday i could be like yo Hey, want to go to France? I fancy eating like a baguette with like just ham and butter, you know, and it would be 50 bucks or, you know, and the whole family would go for the weekend and it would not be expensive. 
so you know that's kind of awesome I mean if you go out to a bar you go clubbing in, in a city if you go out on Saturday and Sunday with your family or with your friends you're going to burn $200 at least at least right drinks food transport you name it right so why not hop over to like Amsterdam or you know or Belgium for chocolate I used to go to the chocolate factory all the time actually um <laughs> <laughs> you know where they say don't touch I was like well I'm just gonna touch this stream like just a little bit totally made a mess I showered everyone with chocolate I did not know how wide that stream was but you know these are these are the the nice things about um good economics and 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 that's why I'm leading up to this so within the United States right we have states that claim they they want tourism right I know my state pays people to say, oh, North Dakota is so much fun. <laughs> and it's like, no, if you come to North Dakota, bring something with you to do. But the, the point is, is that we should have prices like they do in Europe. So like you live in England and it costs you $50 round trip to go to France or 70 bucks to go to Greece for the weekend so you could go swimming or, you know, $65 so that you could go down to Italy uh, for the sales in Rome, you know, uh, in, in, in July when they have the crazy Saldis, right? That's the only time that I would go to Italy is in July because they have crazy sales. Like that's where you can score yourself the nicest Bardo shaped Gucci bag. That's like my favorite buy, by the way, in my whole life uh, for like 52 euros. I swear I got it for 52 when it normally went for like a thousand euros. So anyway, the reason is, is economics. So one thing, you know, the European Union is a hot mess. Okay. Period. The nations are no longer sovereign. Period. They're all fighting for their sovereignty. Now they're overtaken by all these refugees. But the one thing they do have is good economics, meaning that they all share in allowing people to travel within their, um, nation. If you call the EU a nation easily. So think about it. Let's pretend that, um, you know, Las Vegas is, is, is France and, you know, and <laughs> North Dakota is England. How come it costs me 500 bucks round trip to go to Vegas? Why is it so expensive? Like, you know, why is it that expensive when I can buy three tickets from London to go to Greece and back, you know, for that money Four, maybe, you know, actually more than that five. So five tickets from London to Greece equal one ticket from North Dakota to Las Vegas. So here's the thing. So if someone say in the middle of Nebraska or Oklahoma or New Mexico, wherever, was like, yo, I've never been ice fishing, man. Yeah, I want to go ice fishing too. Oh, it's so cold. I would never live there. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe we could just go up there for the weekend. Sounds like a plan. No, nah, we're not doing it. $700 round trip ticket. I'm not doing it. This is the problem. Okay, we have a big problem with how we handle our economics uh, within our nation. You know, we talk about making America great again. We talk about, uh, you know, investing in American companies, investing in American businesses. But what happened to investing in every state's tourism? Like, have you ever seen how much a flight costs to get to South Dakota if you want to see, you know, places and uh, of interest? If you want to go to the Grand Canyon, I mean, look from your state how much it costs you. It costs a fortune, especially if you want to go to some ho-dinky state. Like, you want to go to Yellowstone. Oh, I'm going to fly over to Montana. Yeah, here's an arm and a leg to just go there. Plus the hotel, you're done. 
you know, you got to plan for it. You know, the average uh, middle American will have to plan for it and have to stash away to just go see geysers or be run over by Buffalo. If you're one of those. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing because the person was <laughs> attacked by Buffalo. Got to be a certain kind of special to get that done. But the, the point that I'm making is, is that all these other nations, like even, uh, even round trip tickets um, from England to the United States are cheaper than from the United States to England. And you have to wonder why, why aren't we urging our airlines to cap domestic travel, like cap it? I mean, I would be totally for that because you know, you, you have these stupid little biplanes where you're charging me for first class, right? $800, yet my seat and my service is no different than the clown sitting behind me that played economy, that, that paid economy, because it's a little charter jet with like, you know, 50 seats going from like Minot to Fargo or Minot to Minneapolis. It's a little jet, regional jet. So why aren't we reinforcing the notion of discounted domestic travel. Why are they, it's like they don't want us to travel. They don't want us to invest in other states. Like, why wouldn't someone from California say, you know what, I want to go to the corn husking I'm just saying, I don't know why you would want to. I'll tell you what, Lincoln, Nebraska, man, that smells like country. If the wind's blowing some way, all you smell is cow dung. And I've been there, trust me, it's, <laughs> it's not awesome. Um, Woke up one morning, opened the door, and I was like, oh, it's the country, and took a big whiff, and like literally with the whiff, I barfed, and you know, and my husband, being English as he is, was like, he told the, you know, we went to get coffee, and, and there's only McDonald's there that you would trust for coffee, I guess, and he asked the drive through person, what's that, you know, country fresh smell? Oh, yeah, it's the cows, you know, if it's blowing this way, it smells, <laughs> and it's like, okay, but yeah, maybe you're into that. Maybe you want to go, you know, to Nebraska and husk corn or, you know, you want to fly to Minnesota, um, to, you know, to, to observe, you know, a different country <laughs> or you want to fly to Wisconsin, you know, and get some cheese and come back. I mean, guys, so many times I flew, uh, from London to another country to just pick stuff up. I kid you not. Like I had friends that had birth. I have, uh, there's like November is a time where I have sibling fr and so many friends birthdays. So, you know, when I would, because they were in proximity, of course, I would fly to Belgium and buy a bunch of Lanita's chocolates, uh, from the factory, like ba boxes and boxes, stuff that you would pay like hundreds of dollars for you would get you know practically next to nothing at the chocolate factory so I would fly there and spend like a hundred dollars and get like a thousand dollars worth of chocolates like high-end chocolates and then fly back and the flight only cost me like 40 bucks if I'm going with Ryanair or EasyJet it's totally simple I'm just saying like for me I'm I, I love the fact that I have an Amtrak because then I could take a sleeper car, go all the way to Seattle, bring a little like, you know, carry case thing, like not carry case. What do they call them? Icebox and um, pack it up with blue crab and, you know, all this nice fish and then just get on the train again and bring it to, to, my, <laughs> to landlock Minot where if you eat sushi, you eat it at your own risk. But, you know, this, this is 
you know, what travel is for is to appreciate new things, to be able to get things you can't get somewhere else and to expand travel. I mean, I find it shocking that flights from North Dakota to Minnesota are extortion. Like to get a flight round trip from Minot and which is, by the way, an inter- international airport. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. So, yeah. Um, so to get a, a, a plane from Minot to Minneapolis round trip will cost you like an average of 600 to $700. Why? Why can't I have a charter line that goes like, you know, if they had a charter line that would go every like four hours round trip, like just a whole round trip time uh, a day, it would be packed packed because if someone knew that for a hundred dollars I could go round trip to Minnesota and come back dude it would be packed every single day because people would just go there just to shop they would make a ton of money just from (laughs) suitcases being like checked in because I'd be the one that would fly with the empty suitcase and come back with the full one right so it's like why don't they do this because they don't want us to travel around, I think. That doesn't make sense, you know? It really doesn't. Like, they just opened up a route from, like, Minot to Denver, and it's still, like, five, $600 round trip. Uh, you know, no matter how much I want to fly to Denver and sign into one of those, you know, legalized edible, you know, hotels and just disappear for the weekend and melt into the background, I'm not going to pay $500 to do that. I'm sorry. I don't care if I had the money Mark Cuban did, I'd still say it's extortion because anyway by that if I had Mark Cuban's money I'd have my own jet to go anyway so I wouldn't even be entertaining it right but I'm just saying this is how we rebuild our nation by allowing our own people to contribute to the tourism and to the activities other states have to offer right guys I mean be serious how many of you want to go watch a a race at Santa Ana you know you know want to go to the Meadowlands and watch horses run or the Kentucky Derby but you know like for me if I'm living leaving from Minot Jesus I'm gonna have to change like five planes to get to Kentucky uh, because there's no like set but if we actually had charter flights like from small cities to the closest major city and then, you know, from the major city to others, like, you know, how they have Southwest and how they have, you know, Spirit Airlines and Frontier are in major cities. You could get some really good prices. Like I got myself round trip tickets. No joke, guys. No joke. For me and my husband together, round trip from Bismarck to Denver when um, I was taking him uh, to see a, you know, he was seeing a specialist, um, in Denver, um, I paid, what was it, with taxes and everything, and the suitcase, it was like $120 for both of us round trip. So this is how you boost Denver's tourism, right? Because if you know that you and your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife can jump on a plane and hop over to Denver and see the sides, go skiing, uh, you know, I don't know, um, go to their, you know, adventure park, whatever it is. Something that your place doesn't have for 120 bucks, you're gonna do it. So, again, here's an idea. And, and I want you guys to understand that making America great again, our president is trying to implement it on a global scale, meaning our trade outside, fixing tariffs, filling up our coffers with tariffs that we are being charged, but others aren't. And then at the same time, bringing businesses back so that people can get jobs. But it doesn't stop there. There's the infrastructure. We had that discussion with Amtrak, people saying, oh, it's dead. Well, why not invest in it? Not to upgrade the trains, but expand their train lines so it's more 
um, agreeable and that people would take it more, you know, because if you're going to take the, if I want to take a train and go to California, I'm going to have to go all the way up to Seattle, switch a train, go down through Portland, take another train and then go to California. If I want to go to Nebraska, I'm going to have to go Seattle, California, like Arizona or whatever. And then another train and another train. It's just a hot mess. So I think ground transport, we need to increase the infrastructure, right? Um, and But on top of that, air transport, that's the key. We already have the planes there. We already have the airports there. I'm just saying, tourism-wise, every single state can benefit by making itself more attractive, by having such flights go out. Again, if I was like in charge of the Minot airport, man, I would have a charter flight going out every four hours and I'd be like, yo, flat rate, $100 return. But if you check in a suitcase, that's an additional 60 bucks. I'm just letting you know kind of thing. And boom, you will have that plane packed because it's either drive for eight hours or take the Amtrak for like, you know, 60 bucks in a chair or take the Amtrak for like 200 bucks in a sleeper to get to Minnesota and back. Uh, well, no. Mm, yeah. To get to Minnesota and back. Well, I, you know, when you drive, it's eight, eight. So that's 16 hours. So that's the only, you know, option people have. I mean, there's no um, baseball team in North Dakota. People would love to go to Minnesota and watch baseball. You know, there's no this in South Dakota. Oh, they would love to go to, I don't know, Missouri to see this. This is what I'm saying. We don't appreciate what we already have, okay? We're not paying attention to America. And I want to point this out for this whole make America great again. We're all about giving to the little mom and pop shops. We're all about giving back and making America great and made in the USA. But are we, as citizens of our states and of our nation, promoting our places like you know being those two dudes having the conversation in texas saying wouldn't it be cool to go ice fishing yeah but i i don't know if i really want to go to alaska well we could go to north dakota it's colder in north dakota than it is in alaska yeah but you know flights it's too expensive so why would anyone come and experience that you see what i'm saying why would anyone go and see Rush mount rushmore when you're gonna have to drive rather because if you fly it's gonna cost you thousands of dollars from wherever you are and you're not gonna fly by yourself you're gonna fly with family so a family of four that wants to go see it you know it's gonna cost them four grand to fly there where are they gonna go so this is how we increase tourism by investing in our infrastructure, our transport infrastructure. I say this because this is going to come around in discussion. We already had it up here with Amtrak where people were kind of, I don't know, you know, uh, no, we have to invest in our nation's infrastructure, transport infrastructure to make it cheaper uh, and, you know, make it more affordable for Americans to travel within their nation. And this year, you know, as we come up to the 2020 elections, it's very important that all of you that are voting for your representatives to bring these points up. Because I know that when I meet with mine, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to be like, look, man, we got to figure out a way to be able to make it more affordable for people to come to North Dakota, you know, for my state, because uh, we got some good stuff. We've got ice fishing and that's it. <laughs> so people could come and do that. You know, they could come and there's like all these lakes and they they literally rent houses that are on the lake that have holes ready for you to fish in and beds in there and whatever. People drive their cars onto the ice 
and then they give you all the equipment. I mean, it's a great experience. It's something fun families could do in the winter, right? Uh, you know, going to the reservations is another one. But this is what we need to focus on, guys. Uh, we need to take control of who we elect into Congress and who represent us. Uh, you know, and the reason I'm saying this is because there's a there's a a representative in Minnesota, for example, because we're going to talk about Ilhan Omar now. Uh, her name is Angie Craig. She represents the second district of Minnesota. Well, you know, this chick is in Congress. She's a Democrat. Of course, she was approached by Minnesota legislators, right? Minnesota legislators, um, who are part of her district and who represent her constituents and said, listen, we need you to, start some investigation on Ilhan Omar because we have like super evidence that she's committed crimes. Like this is like government authority that has determined that she has committed crimes. She needs to be investigated. And do you know what she turned around and said? Do it yourself. This is not acceptable when you've been. So now this isn't just one constituent asking. This is a guy that represents a group of constituents that elected him to be their voice on a state level. So this chick is their voice on a federal level. And she tells the guy that is the boots on the ground representative for her constituents. Do it yourself. Hmm. Who you elect into Congress is very important because they have shorter terms and they are held more accountable. They're supposed to be representing what their constituents want from their state or their constituency, right? Like in my state, there's only one. <laughs> we only have one congressperson. So th it was pretty incredible to hear that. Now, I mentioned to you guys earlier this week that the Minnesota Republican legislators asked officially requested from the IRS commissioner and the federal authorities to investigate Ilhan Omar. I want to play a little clip for you so you can take a listen to what they have to say. Do it yourself. So Hold on. She has flouted laws regarding the filing of her personal financial data in a way that distorted the political campaign process. On June 25th, I asked my Congresswoman Angie Craig to launch an investigation into these improprieties. That went nowhere. She said, do it yourself. So on June 23rd, I asked, excuse me, on July 23rd, I asked the U.S. House Ethics Committee to investigate Representative Omar. That request is currently being reviewed by the Office of Congressional Ethics. On that same day, I launched OmarTruth.com in an effort to rally Minnesotans and Americans to help bring political pressure to bring about a congressional investigation. After two weeks, we have over 44,000 citizens expressing their strong desire to bring about a full investigation, and the list is growing. I will be adding today's request to the facts available on OmarTruth.com. Today, I and nine other representatives are asking the nonpartisan federal and state tax enforcers to open investigations. We are simply asking them to do their jobs. Questions, anyone? Do state lawmakers have sway to influence the IRS or Minnesota Department of Revenue? Have you successfully asked for such things in the past? Is there a precedent? 
I think uh, certainly there's precedent, uh, and uh, I think it's incumbent upon us, Mary, um, lawmakers, the media, and others, when they see very clear, blatant violations of our laws, to find every way we can to appeal to the people who can investigate and prosecute those laws. And that's what we're doing here today. Okay, I just want to say something. Did you hear what the rule? Well, do you really have any sway to make, you know, federal personnel and the IRS commissioner actually investigate? Now, let me tell you something. What they did was exactly what they were supposed to do. So the Minnesota legislator uh, got together and they asked their congressperson, their district representative, to put it forward. She said, do it yourself. So that was the chain of command. The next step is to go above their head, kind of like me here. I'll file the complaint with like my local police department. They'll turn around and say, yeah, we're not doing anything about it. Okay, give me a letter saying that you're not going to do anything. Thanks. Then you go to the U.S. Attorney's Office of your state. Say, here's my complaint. They refuse to do it, even though it's X, Y evidence what are you going to do in the crazy sense that the U.S. attorney says no you say give me a, a letter that says that you refuse to investigate they give it to you then you go to the DOJ so once you have all your ducks in a row then they listen so this guy has his ducks in a row and they will listen because it's currently under review at the Essex Commission and let's remember Larry Clayman also filed it too so there's more coming out on Ilhan Omar. Uh, there is more coming out on Minnesota. Guys, this state is known as the gopher state. It's going to be known as the Islamic state in like zero, uh, in like it, almost instantly. What happened yesterday and, uh, you know, that I was alerted to by a fellow journalist, uh, I couldn't believe. Remember how I told you about how these refugees are brought in here. Well, we're going to talk about that after this break because it's really, really important that we focus on this because this is where the problem lies. You know how we put the law of saying that, you know, if you're uh, a legal immigrant and you are not, you know, taking care of yourself and your family's not helping you, instead you're mooching off the government, you're going to go. Um, well, now, think about it. All the refugees mooch off of our government. How come they don't go? So let's increase the intake, and that's exactly what's going to happen in Minnesota. And I'll tell you how that's happening and why it's happening um, after the break because I don't want to start something and then I'll be able to finish it, right? So I'll see you all in just a bit, and we'll pick that up and talk Ilhan Omar. Jihadi in the house. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America.
Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. MyPillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable MyPillow is with its patented interlocking fill. MyPillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam sounds great right even better your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease if you're a u.s citizen between 50 and 80 you can get life insurance guaranteed It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, Welcome back, everyone, to the last half hour of the Tory Says Show, and we're going to cover Ilhan Omar, Iran, and Russia. So with the Ilhan Omar, I wanted to tell you guys, I have talked about Lutheran social services so much that you would think that I'm getting paid to talk about it. And the thing is, Lutheran social services in conjunction with Lutheran services, world services, and Islamic of uh, world of America, world services, they work together, and they bring refugees mostly from the Horn of Africa and then other nations like Eritrea and the Congo. Uh, So what is going on? Well, yesterday, oh, wait, before I get there. So I've explained to you in depth other times, sorry, that Lutheran Social Services is purely funded by human uh, health and human services, right? They get all their federal and state funding via health and human services, and we know in Minnesota, the governor, his right-hand man is Jelani, who's the president of the CARE chapter. We know we have Ilhan Omar, jihadi in disguise in the house. We have Keith Ellison, who loves Sharia law. Well, guess what the, the governor of Minnesota did yesterday, guys? He appointed as the head of health and human services for the state of Minnesota, the CEO of Lutheran Social Services. Guys, this is the end of Minnesota. It is completely the end of Minnesota. If something doesn't happen, it is the end. Completely the end. And you know, I'm, I'm writing up an article about this, um, two of them that should be going up to, on uh, lauralumer.us today. Uh, it's incredible how the people of Minnesota cannot see what is happening in front of their face. The mainstream media 
in Minnesota is so sold out that the Star Tribune literally has like a mural of Ilhan Omar in their reception area. Like like those, like Sikhs, you know, who they have a picture of their leader in their, I swear to God they do, in their living rooms. I've seen it to all my uh, Paki friends that are Sikhs. You would see like their mom or dad would have a picture of <laughs> the leader like there, you know, this dude in a turban. But anyway, this is how they have like Ilhan Omar. Like they praise her like something. Uh, and here's the thing. Lutheran Social Service is actually committed um, waste, fraud and abuse of federal funding in 2017 because they sponsored an event to raise campaign funds for Ilhan Omar. Now I have the invitation. I filed the complaint. Absolutely nothing has been done on that, which begs you to think. Is Ilhan Omar above the law? Because I thought everybody was held to the same standard. Like in my one article where I'm describing what these Minnesota legislators are doing, people are attacking them, saying it's politically motivated, Islamophobia. Well, no, it's not. Because in the state of North Dakota, that is a red state, I'll tell you what, there have been tons of citizens, along with myself, that have complained about a Republican senator who has somehow not been very truthful on their... um, financial filings to the Senate. You know, John Hoven, who's been the senator of North Dakota, and, you know, North Dakota loves their GOP. They love their good old boys club. He's got businesses in the state, and he pays no state and city taxes. And he claims that he makes like 15 grand or something from the company, when in essence, that company on the books brings in half a billion dollars a year. So you have to wonder, why is he getting away with that? If I was to sit there and tell, you know, the IRS, yo, you know, a federal authority, right? Hey, so I'm only making 15000 from, you know, my, uh, you know, contracting business. Here you go. But in essence, I'm making half a billion. I will be behind bars in like zero time flat. This guy is still in office. Same thing goes for Ilhan Omar. She filed fraudulent tax filings. I was the one that broke that with North Dakota State University getting benefits as a married couple with her supposed husband, but not husband, but brother husband, but nobody knows who she is. She benefited and had better class and paid less tax and had other benefits because she filed like that. That means she has fraudulently filed her paperwork in Congress too, crime after crime after crime after crime. Yet she's sitting there and she's ignoring it. She's obfuscating her past, not being transparent, and we are not getting any justice. Why is she above the law? Is it because she has color in her skin? Is it because she's wearing a hijab? So now people of minority can get away with crimes because it's racist or it's Islamophobic or it's a politically motivated attack if we call out that they commit a crime so if i sit here and say maxine waters you know committed xyz crime someone's gonna turn around and call me racist what or oh yeah it's because you're a republican first of all not a, i'm registered as a republican right now because my president is registered as a republican and most of the people that are running that i can vote for that i like that like what my president has to say are Republican. If they were Democrat, I would have been Democrat. If they were independent, I would have been independent because I follow the president I like. That's the way it goes. I'm not a party, you know, uh, you know, 
I don't want to say the word W-H-O-R-E, but I'm not. I don't, I don't follow party politics. I can't stand it. It's like, you know, fans in soccer games, you know, Arsenal versus West Ham. People just kill each other. And it's like, why are you attacking each other? Who cares? It's just a team. You know, the, the soccer players don't really care that you just, you know, slashed this guy's throat with your beer bottle. It makes absolutely no sense. This is exactly where we're at with Democrats and Republicans. But it's not the Republicans to me, it's the Democrats. And you're just a Republican. And then they slice you or throw cement at you because you're crazy. I'm just saying. It's hilarious. So, um, having said that, this Ilhan stuff is getting really, really intense. We haven't heard a lot from her, yet she's still tweeting really controversial things. And you have to think, damn, what gives her the right to think that she is so protected? I mean, after all, she has broken the law also before entering Congress by having closed-door meetings with leaders of foreign nations and possibly even Iran and all foreign nations that are not on good terms with us. Mind you, she also had a closed-door meeting with the former president of Somalia, which get this, is not even allowed to enter our country. He has been barred from entering our country. So these are the people that she's been speaking with. Have deep pockets, a lot of Muslim Brotherhood protection. So maybe this is why she feels like that. What does that say about the state of our House Democrats? I mean, these people are Americans, right? First, right? They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be protecting you and me. Where are they? Why are they protecting someone that has committed exactly what it's called? Treason. She was giving comfort and aid to the enemies of our nation. Yes or no? Speaking with Turkey, speaking with, uh, you know, uh, Somalia's former president, now president, Iran, foreign ministers, ambassadors, you name it. She's talked to them. Why does she get to do that? Devin Nunes, as a sitting member, elected member, had a conversation with the Turkish foreign minister in front of other people, and the liberal media lost their mind. They made the case as to how insane it is to talk to the enemy country of Turkey. <laughs> and even though we haven't called them enemies, they are because X, Y, Z. Well, okay, but there were another 50 people, so fake outrage much. But here we have <clears throat> Ilhan Omar, not only traveling to Turkey, but she's having closed door meetings with the president, getting personal phone calls and texts from the foreign minister of Turkey, and she's having closed door meetings with the ambassador of Turkey or the council, gen general council, whatever you want to call him, of Turkey here in the United States. What the heck? How is nobody outraged about that? Like, that's treason. What is she planning? Why is she meeting with Qataris? Ah. I'm giving you a little hint there. Because I got some really good scoops on that one. So why... The double standard. Why? Hmm. The answers will be coming very, very soon. And I'm so glad that they'll be popping in 2020, uh, you know, early 2020, because it will destroy any run for other clowns coming through. I mean, Ilhan Omar is running, right? Mm -hmm. So let's move it along and switch some gears. Let's uh, kind of listen to what the Iranian uh, foreign minister had to say quickly. And remember, I'm playing a clip from Al Jazeera, which is Qatari controlled. So they're like all about the Muslim Brotherhood. So they're going to give you their opinion, which is great because we want the enemy's opinion. Take a listen. Of leading a military buildup in the Gulf that could threaten the whole region. In an exclusive interview with Al Jazeera, Javad Zarif said more warships in the Gulf 
would only lead to more insecurity. His comments come after the US announced that it's working to form a military coalition to protect commercial shipping in the Gulf following attacks on oil tankers. Well, here with me is Hashem Ahubara, our correspondent, uh, who actually did the interview with the Iranian foreign minister. And um, so Javad Zarif then making a clear point that uh, the number of uh, military powers uh, assembling in the Gulf region is not going to lead to greater security. He, he is definitely of the view that this is something that would further destabilise uh, the region, and he joins the statements made by uh, President Rouhani and Supreme Leader uh, before them, uh, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, that the presence of the naval build-up is something that could destabilize the, uh, the region. The Iranian Defense Minister, when he was asked about Israel, uh, saying that he would step in and join that coalition, saying that this could have disastrous consequences on the region. These were the words of the Iranian uh, uh, interior minister. So from an Iranian perspective, this is not something that would uh, bring about uh, security in the region. This is a tiny body of water. And the more uh, foreign naval vessels you have in this body of water, the less secure it is for everybody. Uh, based on experience, uh, presence of the United States and foreign naval fleets in the Persian Gulf has never produced security. We have all very sad memories uh, of U.S. ships downing an Iranian airliner uh, in 1988, killing 290 passengers. So we believe that the best U.S. can do for protection of uh, uh, maritime uh, navigation mm -hmm. is to just leave people alone, don't interfere, uh, this is uh, basically a hostile act against Iran, and I do not believe it will have any impact other than insecurity. And uh, Hashem, you were telling... Okay, guys, so here's another piece of information. Remember, I've talked about this before. I was the one that predicted that Iran is going to start snatching the United Kingdom ships, and I was right. And I was the one that told you that they're going to be like, give me my ship, I'll give you yours back, <laughs> playing playground tactics. But here's the deal. Uh, the, the statement that he made, and I'm just telling you from what I saw from his body language, and, and you know what? Your body never lies. Your face never lies. And I'll tell you, it does cause a lot of strain for me when I'm in person talking with my friends uh, because I can tell when they're not being honest. And a lot of times, my daughter tells me this all the time, like, how could you do this? I have to, like, look the other way because, you know, we're allowed to as human beings to white lie, super lie, not lie, or do whatever we want. And it's just not fair when you have someone like me across from you that can read you like an open book, even from a static picture. So, <laughs> just saying. so it's a struggle sometimes. But just watching him, uh, he seemed, whenever he was speaking about the United States, to be very... Um, appreciative of it and this statement is just ensuring that uh, they don't interfere with what's going on with the United Kingdom reinforcing it remember I told you that the UK is going to ask for help from the US and they kind of did but then they were like oh we don't need your help that's because we didn't even respond to it we were just like yo that's your problem not ours so I even said that was going to happen because everything everything that is happening is like 
we've written the movie. You know how many times you've sat down and, you know, you see this trailer and the movie starts and you're like, oh my gosh, I've seen this movie like a hundred times. This is like the same thing. But you know which one this is? This is North Korea all over again, just without the big button missiles and stuff because, you know, um, the Ayatollah is not into tweeting, right? Um, <laughs> and doesn't have like an agency that uses Twitter a lot. Um or uh, watches Twitter a lot because, you know, they ban it from their country a lot. Uh, so, <laughs> so just trying to point out here, this is really good news from his body language and the way he responded. Yeah, you know, maybe it's better that they don't have like a big presence in the Gulf because that causes a sense of insecurity. Now, is that insecurity toward Iran? Not really. Who's the insecurity toward? Yes, it is toward those called allies. Take a listen telling me earlier that uh, with that new axis of, of conflict uh, emerging in the, the war in Yemen, uh, the foreign minister was again at, at pains to point out about the increasing militarization of the region. Indeed, and he was, he lashed out at the same time uh, at two key US allies in the region, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, saying that they should not buy security. This was his words from outside. This should come talk and engage with Iran for the sake of uh, uh, regional security. And this highlights, I think, some of the biggest issues that we have in the region. Saudi Arabia considers itself to be the protector of Sunni Islam. Iran considers itself to be the protector of Shia Islam. And both are vying for a bigger say in the region. And as long as that can... Uh, uh, can, that ambition continues, it is most likely to create further instability. And this explains when I ask him about reaching out to the Saudis and to the Emirates about a permanent uh, peace in the region. Uh, what he said was, was really interesting. Let's listen to what he had to say. The United States is selling billions, 50 billion last year, sold 50 billion dollars of weapons to this region. Some of the countries in this region, with less than a third of our population, spend 87 billion dollars on just military procurement. Let's just compare. Iran spent last year 16 billion dollars on, on all of its military, with almost a million people under arms. We paid 16 billion. The United Arab Emirates, with a total 1 million population, indigenous population, spent $22 billion. Saudi Arabia spent $87 billion. Now, if we're talking about uh, threats coming from countries in the region, the threat is coming from the United States and its Western allies who are pouring weapons into this region, making it a tinderbox, ready to blow up. That's a Okay, so what he was saying about this is true and not true, and his body was saying something different. So he has a lot of detest for Saudi Arabia, probably because of their religious conflict, like the guy said, like the Qatari uh, representative is saying, who's on board with Iran, right, and doesn't like Saudi Arabia. And truth be said, I told you guys that just a couple weeks ago, we sent troops to Saudi Arabia, um, you know, and it was a very strategic point uh, to meet for Qatar. Now we've seen that the terror cells have have retreated from Syria in regards to activity and have upped and scaled up in Yemen. Again, Oman, Yemen, pipelines, it's going insane. So now they're trying to drag the focus out to Yemen so no one focuses on the Middle East while negotiations are happening. Yet Iran is still pointing the finger at Saudi Arabia saying, what are you doing? Why are you teaming up with the West? You know, uh, you know we should try to sort things out between us first. Uh, Saudi Arabia is saying the same thing as well. We 
need to sort things out, but we're in charge because we're the ones that are keeping the peace. So it's more about ego than anything else. And I think the minute the crown prince kind of takes more of an active role, uh, that can actually pacify. So there's nothing to do with the U.S. It's just propaganda, propaganda insertion in regards to speech. Okay. Quite alarming words then coming from the Iranian foreign minister. And a reminder, Hashem, that uh, this current crisis really started, didn't it, that, uh, when the United States decided to pull out of that nuclear deal. That's over a year ago. And ever since then, it seems as though tensions have just been rising. So again, it's America's fault, right? Because they didn't want to pay Iran to smuggle out uranium to other people. And they didn't want them to maintain their money laundering front as they were installed 40 years ago by Peter Strzok's daddy, like I've reported in the past. So this is the problem. Qatar is really upset because they had a money laundering center that they could get all of this done as long as Iran can be made to feel like they were independent in their own, like they were secluded from the rest of the world because they can uh, but in essence, that doesn't work. Again, it's about expanding and increasing access to your country and your nation, right? And your states, kind of like I talked about the United States and making America great again. How do you make it great if, you know, every American can't visit every state to enjoy what they have to offer, right? You know, why not be able to fly down to Florida and pick oranges with your friends at Orange Groves just for the kicks of it, to have fresh oranges? I mean, I, I used to like to go to the apple groves in Oregon uh, with my kids and pick apples and just literally make apple juice right there you know and apple cider right there not because i wanted to take apples home but just to experience it so again why wouldn't anyone want to experience iran i've been there man it is it is actually very pretty and out of all you know um, middle eastern nations i found it to be uh, again and this is just like a weird observation that i've made because i'm very i have very individual pet peeves like, like what i pay attention to let's say Pay attention to uh, street food, you know, like late night food uh, to identify a country. But I also look at their layout and Iran, the way the city is laid out actually makes sense. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't look like it was a, a, a nation, a city built uh, in one way. And then this new revamping made the city move another way. And then the revamping made it move another way, like you see in many old nations or nations that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. So, you know, Iran is great. I mean, I've got the most amazing rug that I gave, well, that I that I have at my mother's home uh, in Greece that I got from there. Like the best rug ever. It's like pink and like light blues and it's all silk. And it was so awesome and it was so cheap. Like it cost me like a couple hundred bucks. And it was the most amazing rug ever. So why wouldn't anyone want to experience that? I mean, why wouldn't you want to be able to go to Haifa in Israel and go to the Cartier? diamond factory and buy a diamond for your woman that you want to propose to at one hundredth of the cost that you would get it to at a jewelry store. Why wouldn't you want to be able to go to the other side, Palestine, and buy yourself, you know, t leather, leather goods, because leather's really cheap too. Uh, why not go get yourself a long, you know, trench coat made out of leather. It'll cost you like a, uh, maybe a hundred bucks and it'll be tailor made to you. Why can't you enjoy that? Because everyone is so stuck up and egotistical and 
you know, they want to be more in charge than others. And the egotistical ones here are the people that are pushing for this new world order thing where they've assigned tasks to each nation and roles to play. You're going to be the threat so we can keep everyone in check. And in the meantime, you're going to be money laundering and making money off the top. So that way you feel kind of secure that you're covered. Now let's move on to Russia, shifting gears. So remember uh, last week, I told you guys about explosions, second explosion that happened in Russia, remember? And now it was only reported yesterday. Uh, Only yesterday did they report about it. And it's like, what is going on? Why aren't people talking about this even more? You know, the Russian Russian, uh, nuclear explosion that happened? We talked about it. It happened a week ago. Why are people talking about it now? Because they don't know what to make of it. And it is very dangerous. Listen. Take on all of this is retired Army General Jack Keane. He is a Fox News senior strategic analyst. General, thank you for joining us. Um, what, do you, what do you make of this explosion? Well, the Russians uh, are notorious for having below standards in terms of safety and maintenance. And they clearly have great scientists and engineers. And they've always been able to uh, de- develop advanced technology systems. Uh, and that's clearly what they're trying to do here. Um, but they've had problems with this system in the past. And for our viewers to understand, if you can put a, a small nuclear reactor in a cruise missile, then you have actually taken away the restriction of range. And you, it can circumnavigate any place in the globe. And it provides a, a huge advantage uh, to somebody who owns that weapon system. So that is what, that's what's at stake here. Most of our scientists and engineers are, are quite skeptical about the ability to, to achieve this kind of new technology breakthrough. Yeah, I mean, they, they put out an, a video earlier that we later determined was doctored saying that they had this technology. And- okay, so I'm going to stop that video there. Super propaganda, super diversion. I told you guys where it was located on the map. It was a very strategic point, very isolated point. And yes, it was a secret base. So how was it done? Uh, There's a little clip that I want to play before the show ends where it talks about how seven people lost their life. Buried today, five nuclear scientists described as the elite of Russia's main nuclear test site. Killed with two others when a small nuclear reactor exploded. They were testing an engine thought to be for this new cruise missile, a weapon President Putin boasted about last year as capable of outsmarting American defences. Russian officials say radiation levels spiked to 20 times normal levels. People in nearby cities stocked up on iodine to reduce the effects of radiation. President Trump tweeting tonight, the US is learning much from the failed missile explosion, which has people worried about the air there and far beyond. Initially, though, Moscow had denied a leak, as it did covering up the Chernobyl blast 35 years ago, the world's worst nuclear accident. This blast last week isn't on the same scale, but Moscow's secrecy can't hide an embarrassing setback. All right, let's just, before we end the show for today, because we're going to talk about this tomorrow, this is Skyfall technology, and the president actually mentioned it in his tweet yesterday, and I hinted of it last week. This is what Putin was talking about, how people, how other nations are building nuclear weapons for space. That's why he asked for the SMART, the START program to be renegotiated, remember? Remember, you have to look on the map where this explosion happened. There's a lot more than what they're telling you. 
On that note, I want to wish everyone a great evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. God bless. Soldiers. Do I want to see call me in jail? Yeah, yeah. Do I want Hillary in a cell? Yeah, yeah. Am I done to write with 45? Yeah, yeah. At a rally, do I feel alive? Yeah, yeah. Will I wall slow down the cartels? Yeah. Listen, will I vote Trump 2020? Hell yeah. I'm conservative and you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Where we go when we go all in. Yeah. Promises made and promises kept. I can roll with a press like that. Promises made and promises kept. Down at the Trump rally, people screaming so loud. Patriots united, and we're standing so proud. Kind of kid, DC, ain't nowhere to go now. Say goodbye to the deep state, we're in control now. He call me in jail, yeah, yeah. Do I want Hillary in a cell, yeah, yeah. Am I down to ride with 45, yeah, yeah. At a rally, do I feel alive, yeah. Just me.